the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Seth Leibson with AM960, The Patriot in Phoenix. Today on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. This week, a brutal, barbaric attack from the terror group Hamas. Bibi Netanyahu. Israel will win this war. And when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. President Biden responds. This is an act of sheer evil. Biden's message was strong for what it was, but no mention of Iran. Congressman Mike Gallagher. This deal should put a stake in the heart of Biden's detente with Iran. Victor Davis Hanson. So you know when you gave them the okay that a check for $6 billion is on the way, they're going to spend billions to arm Hamas. We'll also hear from a regular on Hughes' program and a former member of the IDF. They went door to door and they murdered whole families. All this and more. I'm Seth Leibson for Hugh Hewitt. Great to be with you. You can catch my program at 960thepatriot.com or follow me on Twitter X at Seth Leibson. And follow this program as well at townhallreview.com. We're going to begin and end today with events in Israel this past week. The news is grim and sober and will, there's little doubt, shape the history of the region. It all began last Saturday. Jews in Israel were finishing up the last of their seven-day festival of Sukkot, a holiday many of you may know as the Feast of the Tabernacles. The attack started at 6.30 a.m. Israeli time. Air raid sirens blared. A massive barrage of rocket fire overwhelmed Israel's Iron Dome system. In the south, the border barrier was breached and upwards of a 1,000 Hamas terrorists streamed in. What unfolded was a horror beyond words, and the death toll keeps rising. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu responded. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them and Israel's other enemies for decades to come. In fighting Hamas, Israel is not only fighting for its own people, it is fighting for every country that stands against barbarism. Israel will win this war. And when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. It wasn't until Tuesday, four days after the attacks, that we heard anything substantive from President Biden. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. Its stated purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. They use Palestinian civilians as human shields. Hamas offers nothing but terror and bloodshed with no regard to who pays the price. Yes, Biden did have some moral clarity there, but we were asking, how about a forceful warning to Iran and Hezbollah? How come there was not a word on Iran? We turned to Wisconsin Congressman and Chair of the House Armed Services Committee, Mike Gallagher. 
this event, this, this terrorist war that was launched against Israel, which in my opinion could not have happened without Iran's support, uh, even if they didn't direct the operational or tactical specifics, the fact is Hamas has benefited for years from Iranian money and Iranian weapons and Iranian training. This deal should put a stake in the heart of Biden's detente with Iran. Uh, and as hard as it is, the president needs to let go of the defibrillator and stop trying to resuscitate the lifeless corpse of Obama's nuclear deal with Iran. We need to return to a policy of maximum pressure on Iran, which is, of course, the only thing that unites. The reason we were seeing this historic rapprochement between Israel and Saudi Arabia is because of the shared threat posed by Iran. And I think part of the reason we've seen this action taken by Hamas is because Iran wants to disrupt that rapprochement because it would be a threat to them. Um, probably our most practical and useful next step in this regard, if we want to get serious, is we can we can start by freezing the $6 billion hostage payment to Iran that Biden did in return for five American hostages. And to illustrate the absurdity, we now have at least 12 Americans taken hostage. So we've net lost seven Americans, which proves the eternal wisdom of not bribing terrorists. Uh, we can also freeze the $10 billion, uh, based in Iraq that we allowed the Iraqis to pay for Iran, as well as fully enforce all sanctions. To me, that would be a practical, useful next step. And so I intend to call on the administration to freeze this money so that we don't provide more weapons and materiel for evil terrorists like Hamas to kill Jews. Now, Congressman, I want to turn to the House conference. We're on the brink of war. We've got a carrier group, the Ford in the Mediterranean, a second carrier group headed to the Persian Gulf. Even though the president won't say it, we're on the brink of war. We don't have a functioning Congress because of eight members of the House GOP conference. Will we get there today? Because we, it's like on December 6th, 1941, not having a House of Representatives, only knowing that the attack was coming. I'm cautiously optimistic. We are going to meet this morning to have the internal, you know, secret ballot vote for speaker. And traditionally, the person who gets the majority, even if you didn't vote for that person, then everyone, all Republicans are supposed to unite and support that speaker candidate on the floor. That's what I intend to do, uh, regardless of who I vote for, regardless who emerges victorious. And I sensed last night in our caucus meeting that even those eight were reluctant to cause chaos on the floor again, or do a version of what happened to Speaker McCarthy in January. In fact, you had some members of the eight saying explicitly that they would back whichever of the two candidates comes out of our internal vote. So that gives me some optimism. What we need to do is have the internal vote, go immediately to the floor, get a new speaker via a floor vote, and then take up a res not only a resolution in support of Israel, which hopefully will be bipartisan, but an actual bill to ensure that our, our lethal support to Israel stays fully stocked and doesn't diminish in the recent days. Then we should turn to the business of rearming ourselves. If you said, we're not on the brink of war, we've seen, we, we now have two regional wars and we risk inviting a war in the Pacific in which we would be directly engaged if we continue on this delusionary path of disarmament, this utopian path of underestimating the authoritarians, the genocidal godless authoritarians that we're dealing with in these countries. We increasingly have an axis of authoritarians arrayed against our interests. China is, of course, the dominant actor, but Putin is his junior partner, and the mullahs in Iran are part of this axis. And the goal is very simple. It's to destroy American leadership. It's to sever our traditional alliances and induce chaos on the world stage because the Iranians benefit from chaos, as does Russia. 
as does Xi Jinping. And so we need to wake up and it's time for the West to rearm ourselves. Congressman Gallagher is right. We need to wake up. And what the Biden administration needs to do is pull back on their wrongheaded and dangerous approach to Iran. President Biden, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan have pursued a policy with Iran that is foolhardy. These individuals and their predecessors from the Obama era who pushed the 2015 JCPOA agreement are not morally serious. Here's Victor Davis Hansen from his podcast. They sensed that whenever there is any daylight between the United States and Israel, then they see an opportunity to uh, attack Israel. And what would that daylight be? Number one. And before I preface number one, I am getting so sick of Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who says, if any of you dare say that this $6 billion that we had South Korea released from sanction relief and it went to Iran and has anything to do with helping it, that, that, that's misinforming. No, you're misinforming, Mr. Blinken, because you greenlighted that and they know it was coming. And when they know it's coming, they know it's going to replace $6 billion in their fungible budget. They don't make any claims that they're not going to do it. So you know when you gave them the okay that a check for $6 billion is on the way, they're going to spend billions to arm Hamas. And we think now they've sent 100,000 rockets into the Damascus airport that made its way. And these are much more sophisticated rockets and beyond the ability of Hamas to make on their own. So that's just a fact. And in addition to that, there's a psychological element, Mr. Blinken, when you green light that you're dealing with this theocratic, murderous regime, people look at that and they say, wow, the Americans are giving them $6 billion. They must not care about Israel. So maybe that would be a catalyst. Now, this is interesting because Mr. Blinken, who is accusing everybody today of misinforming people about the Iranian money, he bragged to Mr. Abbas that they had given I think he did it not too long ago, a few months ago. They had given an aggregate $1 billion to the Palestinians. And nobody in the so-called moderate Palestinian authority ever renounced their bonuses to martyrs. And the money is fungible. So if you give them a billion dollars and they're corrupt, they're going to use some of that money to pay the families for their children killing Israelis. That's what we're doing. And then you deny it. You, you deny it, you deny it. And that sends a message, another third, fourth, fifth message. And that's what we did. We gave money to Hamas. And you know what? The left-wing State Department, when we did that, issued a warning. We have the text. And they said, be very careful. Giving money to Hamas will end up supporting terrorists. And this administration completely ignored that. Now, if that's not enough for you, in the first 24 hours of this attack, there was a something called the U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs in the, in the State Department. And what did it say? We deplore the violence. And the violence in a reaction to terror solves nothing. So we have to ask, the, and I, 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 I have beginning, I got so angry I started tweeting really for the first time and I haven't been doing that. I said on a tweet yesterday it was going to come down. It was so outrageous. And, of course, it mysteriously went into the rabbit hole. Nobody knows where it is. They just took it off. And why did they take it off? Because we knew what it meant. 
it basically said, you've taken maybe 1,100 dead Israelis. We suggest you take another two or three or four or 5,000 dead Israelis and not what, promote the cycle of violence using, quote, violence to terror. And believe me, if there were not people in the United States screaming to high heaven on what they're saying and doing, they would have left that U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs advice on their official State Department website. They only took it down, not because they wanted to, but because of pressure. Joe Biden hasn't even met with Netanyahu in an official visit, maybe at the U.N. And we know what they really want to do. It's what their base wants to do. But they can't do that because of overwhelming public opinion. Just like the border, just like the economy, just like Kabul, just like crime. This is the foreign policy correspondence to their crime policy. And just as they believe that letting criminals out makes people safer and will not destroy deterrence, which they don't even believe in deterrence, so too if you coddle Hamas and give them money and tell the Israelis to adopt the Sermon on the Mount, turn the other cheek, therefore there'll be peace. Let's note, Victor Davis Hansen is now part of the Salem Podcast Network, a terrific addition to our lineup. Coming up, a former member of the IDF. They went Saturday morning door to door and they murdered whole families. When the Town Hall Review returns in a moment. As the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy celebrates our 25th anniversary year, please watch our new promotional video based on Ronald Reagan's 1976 radio address, Shaping the World for 100 Years to Come, on our Pepperdine SPP YouTube channel. And if you know someone who's thinking about graduate school this fall, we welcome applications at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. That's publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 elections 
storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. I'm Seth Liebson for Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. We're going to turn now to a former member of the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. It was at least 15 years ago, maybe more, when Yoni Titi first called Hugh's program. In the years since then, he's become a regular caller, a guest, and a friend of Hugh and his audience. Hugh's conversation with him this week was justifiably tough. I'm sure, like Dr. Oren, you have family, friends, and colleagues involved in the massacres. As of right now, I've got two dead cousins. One fell in combat. The other one fell at his front door protecting his family. He was murdered. His wife and kids got away. In addition to that, I've got one more that uh, is a member of the top anti-terror unit in Israel. He was wounded. We don't even know how badly yet. Um, And we've got a kid from my Moshev who, when he was a child, was a real pain in the rear. He was on the Kita Kononut, the rapid deployment force of Kibbutz uh, Kfar Aza, which is right on the border. We don't know if he's a prisoner in Gaza or if he's dead. I pray he's dead. They went door to door in Moshavim and Kibbutzim in the south, small little communities, not unlike mine. They went Saturday morning door to door, and they murdered whole families. There are still Jewish bodies laying in homes that haven't been recovered yet, laying on streets that haven't been covered, recovered yet. It's the darkest day in modern Israeli history. Now, Yoni, what do you expect in terms of a battle? I know Gaza will be invaded. The forces are massing. But I believe Iran was behind this. Do you? Iran... Contrary to what the Wall Street Journal said, that this has been planned for weeks, that's not true. This has been planned for over a year. We know that from terrorists that were captured, and they said they've been working on this for over a year. Uh, I've been in contact with, with friends of mine, so it's firsthand information. Iran has to pay a price. Iran has to pay a horrible price. It should fall on the United States of America being the leader of the free world, to take that butcher's bill to Tehran. But they won't do it. I hope Bibi does. Because if we don't, it's only going to embolden Iran and their proxies. This is a time to cry havoc and let reek the dogs of war. What does that look like in terms of uh, troop strength and forces. By the way, I, I think Hezbollah is sitting up there waiting to unleash a missile barrage, unlike any Israel has ever seen. Do you think Iron Dome will protect the state of Israel? Iron Dome did not do a very good job uh, on Shabbat. It seems that they've learned some of the weaknesses that are inherent in Iron Dome and exploited them because we had a lot more rocket hits in cities than what we've had in the past. 
Uh, I don't know what the percentages are. It's too early. It's just, you know, my phone started ringing Saturday morning. And I'm an Orthodox Jew. We don't answer the phone on Shabbat. My phone was blowing up. I've been on the phone since Saturday morning and both with, with my children and, uh, and others. Uh, another friend of mine who lives in the South was woke up by pounding at his front door. Like any normal person, he answered the door at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, with a pistol in his hand. And here's two terrorists with AK-47s coming in to murder him and his family. He was a Katsin in Golani, uh, an infantry unit. He was an officer in an infantry unit. And he killed the two terrorists and saved his family. His wife is a school teacher, and she's a basket case because she watched children that she teaches carried into captivity into Gaza. Um, people that I talk to are really, really not in a good mood. Um, and one thing that is... Israel is a, sort of a divided country. We're all Jews, but, you know, we have this divide between Ashkenazim and, and Mizrahim, the, the, the Middle East Jews. The South is full of Jews from the Middle East. We're paying the price. The Ashkenazim that built Tel Aviv and lived there, they are also paying a price. But we don't hear any of that. It's all gone. Nobody's talking about the Supreme Court. Nobody's talking about Bibi's corruption trials. Nobody's talking about anything. Everybody is saying, oh, my God. Everybody's in shock. Um, if somebody would have told me Friday that we would be looking at well over a thousand dead by the time we count them all, and that's not counting the troops that are now going to be going into Gaza, this is this is unbelievable, unbelievable. We may have multiple hundreds of people captive in Gaza. They you know, uh, Yoni, I don't know if you recall, I do, vividly, the first time you called the show. I asked, why not go into Gaza and clean this up? And you, you explained to me, it is the worst place on earth for urban warfare, because it has Absolutely. been prepared for urban warfare for 50 years, maybe yeah. 70 years, maybe longer. Look, maybe longer. Look, the, 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 here's the bottom line, and here's the question that must be asked at this point in time. And we have to come up with an answer. How do you live next door to savages? How do you live next door to people that make the Nazis look almost good? And I'm not diminishing what the Nazis did to us, but this is not one bit difference. They oh, went no, it's, door it's, to door. it's like the death squads going in every occasion where they would line up Jews, shoot them and push them into a into a trench in Ukraine. It is a death squad. That It is the yes. same thing. How now, there are so innocents in Gaza, but no, there they isn't. are intermixed. No, there I'm going to disagree with you on that, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to present evidence to you. You've already presented that evidence. The women and children of Gaza, when they received our prisoners, the glee in their faces at the joy of being able to inflict untold damage to Jewish bodies and souls. There are no innocents in Gaza. Well, well, let me let me play Abraham to you, and you are a serious Torah scholar, I am not, walking with the Lord towards Sodom and Gomorrah. If I can find 20 people, will you spare the city? If I can find 15, 10, I don't know how far down he got, but he did a pretty good job. There have got to be some innocent people there. 
They're babies. But what did? But I have a question. What did God do in the end in that conversation with Abraham Avinu? What did Hashem do in the end? He got he destroyed a few people the place. out. He got a he few people out. The, he got a, the few people out, and Lot's wife turned around and was turned into the pillar of salt, but he destroyed the place. My question is, after what they did to us, what are we supposed to do with them? Because if we go in and we lose a whole bunch of our boys fighting, and we reestablish calm because we've smacked them around enough that they're, they're punch drunk. How many years from now are we going to repeat this? What I, I, I do really don't do know because the door? intelligence failure is so comprehensive. I, I just well, don't know. First of, first of all, they learned from 20 years of the GWAT, the weaknesses of the West, okay? They're all old school right now. Nobody uses phones. They're hand-carried messages or verbal messages, how they get along. Iran may have scored the biggest hit of their life because I've heard from multiple sources that the network of defense that we have in terms of electronic around Gaza, they hacked that and and turned it off on Saturday morning. Coming up. The narrative is already Israel had it coming. Michael Oren, when the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt continues in a moment. I'm Seth Leaps. It's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with The Mike Gallagher Show. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is Seth Leibson of AM 960, The Patriot in Phoenix, for Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back. Brought to you in partnership with our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Michael Oren is the former Israeli ambassador to the United States. He is also a former member of the Knesset and a prolific writer, including the definitive history of the Six-Day War titled Six Days of War. He's a regular guest on Hugh's program. This week, he joined our friend Dennis Prager from his apartment in Tel Aviv. Are you in Israel right now, Michael? I am in Israel, Dennis. I'm in uh, South Tel Aviv and sitting in my, you know, protected room. Um, There was a building right in the street next to us that took a direct hit yesterday and was completely destroyed. So we're in our rooms. Wow. My family's in their rooms. My kids, my grandkids, we're all waiting for the next barrage. 
So, um, which shall be coming. Uh, that I can guarantee you. No profit, but I'll, those barrages will be coming. Well, since, well, there's no way to avoid the dark, so are, is there a sense of dread with regard to Hezbollah as well? Yes, I mean, it's already reporting, they're already putting, uh, fighting up north. Um, and, uh, you know, I personally would think it's very hard for Hassan Nasrallah, the head of Hezbollah, to sit passively. Um, mm-hmm. Even now, mm-hmm. when Israel is bombing Gaza, wait till Israel enters Gaza in a ground incursion. Um, and that is a new ball game because Hezbollah is, uh, by magnitude of at least 10, more powerful than Hamas. It has 150,000 rockets in its arsenal. Uh, then there's also Hamas in Judea and Samaria. There's uh, Hamas cells within Israel itself. There's, there's radical elements within within the Israeli Arab population, um, and Israel will be facing uh, for the first time since 1973. But I think in more ways, many more comparisons with 1948, facing a multi-front war. <sighs> Trying to digest this, I. I, I, you know, I, I'll be very open with you and my listeners. I I never feel this, but I actually sort of feel guilty being far from Israel and protected. I, you don't even have to react. I just, I'm just emoting. No, I, I feel guilty not being in uniform. So, you know, take a number um, <laughs> beyond that age. But I... I am doing what I can by interviewing uh, greatly. I um, interviewed all through the night last night and again tonight, um, trying to, you know, present Israel's position around the world. You know, on some of these very uh, liberal stations, it's already, the narrative is already, you know, Israel had it coming. Um, you know, the Hamas, these barbaric, vicious Hamas terrorists are referred to as, you know, militants. In my last interview, um, which wasn't a particularly liberal program, they were referred to as fighters, fighters. Fighters who take 260 kids at a at a music conference and take them out and shoot them. Fighters that go into houses and shoot entire families, uh, drag them out of their cars and shoot them. Fighters that put children, Jewish children, in, in chicken coops and cages and drag naked women through the streets of, of, of uh, Gaza so they can be spat upon and beaten. Um, those are fighters, aren't they now? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. our generation's Nazis, as I'm writing in my column today. I mean, we, and I've never used the term about anybody, but I don't see the difference. Oh, and, yeah. You know that I was just reading before you came on, the uh, Australian Jewish community was warned not to go to the Opera House in Sydney because there was a Muslim demonstration there and they couldn't guarantee their security. Well, I, 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 I proudly serve on a board of an organization known as Secure Community Network, um, which is an organization of about 90 former FBI and law enforcement officials, by the way, the vast majority of them not Jewish, who are committed to uh, guarding, uh, monitoring threats, intercepting threats to about 12,400 Jewish institutions across North America. And uh, I spoke with SCN today, and they're on high alert. They understand especially as this uh, conflict continues to escalate, um, that the threats to American Jewish institutions will become acute. Well, a generation ago it came from Germans, and this uh, generation it comes from Muslims. Obviously not all Muslims, but it was true about Germans. Not all Germans voted for Hitler. Hmm. There's no such thing as all. 
No, there isn't. But uh, the threats they had today, and I asked them about the current threats, actually came from uh, from neo Nazis. Really? Uh, but you know. So well, then, so the Nazi. Yeah, well, there, there was a picture of a guy at a demonstration in New York at a a, a pro Palestinian rally, hold, holding up a Nazi insignia, a swastika. Yeah, yeah. Well, we they're are aligned. People. We are the only the, people. The, the, the not, yeah, that, we're the only people who unite Nazis and Islamists. Yes, <laughs> it's the right and the left. Uh, you know, we we bring people together, don't we? I sounded cynical, but you know, I haven't been asleep in about forty-eight hours. Forgive me, but uh, it has been. We all, Dennis, we all know people who have been killed, who have been captured, who have been kidnapped, who are missing. We all know them. And it's like one phone call after another. Coming up. The great Satan, quote unquote, behind all this is, is Iran. Iran, Iran, Iran. More with Michael Oren when the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt returns in a moment. As the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy celebrates our 25th anniversary year, please watch our new promotional video based on Ronald Reagan's 1976 radio address, Shaping the World for 100 Years to Come, on our Pepperdine SPP YouTube channel. And if you know someone who's thinking about graduate school this fall, we welcome applications at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. That's publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. I'm Seth Liebson for Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back. The death toll in Israel goes up virtually every time you check your news feed. I'll admit it. I've been struck by the depth of the evil bred in Gaza, among Hezbollah, and in Iran. It's difficult to grasp. On 9-11, the fanatics responsible numbered in the dozens. In Israel Saturday, thousands of monsters murdered upwards of 1,200 innocents. 
It's savagery on a scale we have not seen in the West since World War II. Let's return for more with Michael Oren and Dennis Prager, talking about how Jew hatred unites dark elements on the left and on the right. Ponder this for a second. Okay, we've now tonight capped uh, top 900 dead in just over two days. That is roughly 11 to 14 times what America lost on September 11, 2001. That's right. I explained that earlier. The equivalent of it is about 40,000 Americans. That's right. Uh, be 100,000 Americans wounded, about 8,000 Americans taken prisoner. This is the magnitude here. And um, we all have feeling. We're all reeling with this, including entire families wiped out. Entire families. Entire families. And, yeah, yeah, in, in the most vicious possible way. And um, and we're reeling from it. But we, what choice do we have? We're going to rebound. We're going to fight back. And if we have to fight a multi-front war, we'll fight a multi-front war. And we will hope and pray that the United States will be with us on this. Um, so far, all the indications are very positive. I, I was gladdened to hear that the, the Sixth Fleet has not only moved to the, off the shore of Lebanon, but the, the Fifth Fleet has moved into the Straits of Hormoz, which is, I think, even more important. Because the, you know, the great Satan, quote-unquote, behind all this is, is Iran. Iran, Iran, Iran. So let's talk about, I'm, I'm hesitant talking about this because all I want to do is morally clarify what has happened. So without even necessarily dwelling, do you have a theory as to Israel's unpreparedness for this? I do. And there, there are you know, myriad comparisons between this current war and the war that occurred almost 50 years ago to the day, uh, the Yom Kippur War. Uh, and Israel was unprepared for that attack and surprised with uh, catastrophic consequences. And uh, the reason we were unprepared in October 6, 1973, was because the army fell victim to what we call in sort of anglicized Hebrew, conceptia. The conception was that, you know, the Arab army so, so roundly humiliated six years before in the Six-Day War would never dare launch another attack. Mm-hmm. So deep was that conceptia that the, the intelligence officials simply threw out anything that contradicted it. And here, too, I was in government, and, and for a while I was actually in charge of Gaza for the government, and I saw the conception, and the conception was this. Hamas had two hats. Uh, one was a jihadist terrorist group, and the other was a sovereign. It was actually the government of a, of a sovereign Palestinian state in Gaza, and it had to worry about sewage, and it had to worry about quality of life and education and all those boring things that sovereigns have to worry about. And that if you incentivized Hamas sufficiently, if you, uh, if you flooded them with Qatari cash, and you let workers into Israel so that, you know, the, the government would have something to lose if war broke out, that Hamas would focus on governance and not on terror. And we were wrong. We were wrong. We were, Hamas, I think, was aware of our conception and built it up and thought to, like, reinforce it all the time. So really caught unaware. So I'd like to offer an additional, I, I, I completely accept that. I'd like to offer an additional theory. It is almost inevitable for peace-loving countries to become complacent because they're not preoccupied with destroying people. They're preoccupied with making a living, sending their kids to school, building hospitals, taking trips abroad, whereas Hamas is preoccupied with one thing, murdering Israelis. There is no other consideration for them or the Islamic regime in Tehran. 
So there's a built-in advantage. If I'm obsessed with A and you're not obsessed with A, my obsession will prevail. Simply, you're saying you didn't fall victim to the conception. You recognized Hamas for what it was, which is a medieval, vicious, brutal, barbaric terrorist organization. We fell victim to the belief that maybe Hamas preferred the cap of sovereignty. And uh, therein lies the disaster. Did you? For a while, yes. Fascinating. For a while, yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, it's painful for me to even no, say that. No, you're so honest. And, and it's, look, if you, yeah. di- if you did, then anybody could. So the thinking was, look, there were 17,000 Gazans working in Israel. Why would, why would Hamas yeah. want to jeopardize that? Yeah, precisely. And I was involved in that decision. It's now up to 20,000. Well, it was, you know, they were bringing back, you know, fat Israeli salaries and, and, and social benefits uh, to Gaza. It's unheard of there. Wow. So I want to read to you a headline from Daily Mail that I just saw literally during the break. Hamas, Hamas announces it will begin to execute hostages and post video evidence online for every Israeli airstrike. I assume this doesn't surprise you. I'm surprised they didn't announce it earlier. Right. That's, a, that's right. What uh, took them so long? Yeah, exactly. What took them so long? Um, and it's a huge issue for us, of course, um, as we proceed to, I think, the uh, amount of uh, ground invasion of Gaza. Uh, I don't see where we have much choice, but I, I, right now I, you know, I can understand that being in the prime minister's shoes is not a place that anybody would want to be right now to make that type of decision, but the Israeli people refuse to return to the status quo ante. That's simple. We've done it uh, five times already, always with the same result, doing the same thing over and over again as definition of insanity, right? Right. And in contrast to the Yom Kippur War, where we did try to restore the status quo ante, we wanted to push the Egyptians and the Syrians back to 67 lines, now we want to change that status quo and drive Hamas uh, out of Gaza. Um, what that means exactly yet to be seen, but it will be a brutal battle. And then the big question, and it's not such a question tonight because it's already shooting along the top, on the north, will Hezbollah join the fray? Will Israeli, will Hamas in Judea and Samaria join the fray? Will Israeli radical Arabs, radical Israeli Arabs join the fray? Um, and will this end up being a conflict uh, with Iran? Because again, as I said earlier, um, the great evil behind this entire nightmare mm-hmm. is Iran. An Iranian-American Jew, who is a brilliant man and whom I know for decades and has a very clear read of Iran, he said to me mm-hmm. at synagogue on Saturday that uh, he is convinced that within six months Israel will invade Iran. And I would not mention this but for the fact that I agree with him. Coming up. The Iranians believe... Probably not unrightly, they could just, they could stop this peace process between Israel and Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and destabilize the entire Middle East just by triggering a war. A few more minutes with Michael Oren in the final segment of the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. I'm Seth Leipson. Stay with us. Charlie Kirk here. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, weather, and opinions. AM is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping you advised of threatening weather conditions and amber alerts. Text AM to number 52886. 
Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Again, text AM to the number 52886. Standard message and data rates may apply. This is Seth Liebson of AM 960 The Patriot in Phoenix for Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Earlier in the program, we noted that there's no question Iran was behind this barbaric attack on Israel. Hamas receives upwards of 90% of their funding from Iran. And we know the mullahs in Iran praised the barbarism we saw this past week. Let's pick up with Dennis Prager and Michael Oren. The question, will Israel take action against Iran? I don't want to say evade, evade, but uh, there are other ways we can uh, grapple with Iran. I don't imagine the IDF is going to be marching through Tehran. No, no, um, invade, um, attack. Right. I should yeah. have said attack, not invade. Okay. Yeah, I, clearly, Iran stands behind this. And I was, I talked about before about the conception, falling victims conception. Once I got out of the government, I was less <laughs> susceptible to it. And I've been saying now for uh, many weeks that Israel was heading toward war. And the reason Israel was heading toward war was because of Iran. Iran saw great weakness in an di- internally divided Israel. It saw a hesitancy, uh, isolationism within the United States. It saw... It feared. It, it feared the Saudi-Israeli uh, pending peace treaty and the, the prospect of Saudi nuclearization. It feared, Dennis, the return of Donald Trump to the White House. And, you know, Donald Trump was the person who pulled out of the JCPOA, the person who assassinated Qasem Soleimani, the head of the Al-Quds force. Uh, they were afraid of him. The Iranians believed, probably not unrightly, they could, just, they could stop this peace process between Israel mm-hmm. and Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm and destabilize the entire Middle East just by triggering a war. I've said all of my life, basically, or my adult life, I I don't want American presidents loved. I want them feared. Mm -hmm. I asked Neil Ferguson, um, the great historian, would Mm -hmm. would Putin have invaded Ukraine if Trump were president? I have no idea if the guy's even a Trump fan, and he said no. And and you're telling me now that Iran fears more than anything that Trump is elected. That's very, very well, revealing. The, the Biden administration, and here, you know, I have great affection for the president and respect for his staff. I work very closely with them. I think they've, they've, they've acted very admirably and, and uh, foursquare, you know, foursquare beside Israel during the current crisis. But they have they came into office, um, you know, vowing to renew the JCPOA to reconcile with Iran. It's a very different message. And just recently, they paid Iran $6 billion to release five American hostages. We now have a, a precedent of a superpower paying off Iran to release hostages at a time when we have hostages. And what's the message? That is challenging. It's going to be challenging. Will you be able to sleep tonight? No, I, I have, I'm completely booked till the dawn. I've been doing all the, 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 the foreign media. Um, our biggest, my biggest challenge is his rhetorical, lexicological, because Chicago, I can't even say that at this point. You know, they refer to these people as, as fighters and militants. Right, and militants. Thanks for joining us for the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. I'm Seth Leibson. Let me say thanks once again to our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. And please join me in praying for the peace of Jerusalem and praying for the nation of Israel. Catch our podcast at the SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Among the other top podcasts you'll see there, Victor Davis Hanson, who you heard earlier in the show, and Hugh Hewitt's podcast, The Hugh Hewitt Show. Special thanks to executive producer Russell Shubin and producers David Pushan, Alex Perez, Adam Ramsey, and Dwayne Patterson. Let me say thanks once again to our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. I'm Seth Liebson in for Hugh Hewitt. Thanks for joining us. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.